Okay, here we go. Good morning, everyone. No, we're not in the morning, so it doesn't matter. People listen to it, whatever. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Another Devo with Patrick and Jamie, and we are recording from our separate studios in <laughs> uh, each of our respective homes. Yeah. Uh, right, Pat? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Pat today. Pat today is testing microphones, so he's got like eight microphones in front of his face, giant uh, earphones on, and a big giant like mushroom-looking beanie that goes on top of it. It's just a. It's a. It's a great look, Patrick. Yeah, thanks. You know, for anyone that tunes in to the video version of the Devo on Sunday on our YouTube channel, you'll get to see the microphones and the mushroom head. So a little incentive. For if you've never seen the video version, to go check that out Sunday morning on our YouTube channel. But Gotta today, it. today it's only audio. You only get to hear hear our voices from our separate studios. Today we are starting a new series where we are going through the minor prophets, and this series is going to take us through the end of the year. Jamie, how crazy Ooh. is that? <laughs> that is uh, really crazy through the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and Minor Prophets, it's also one of those kind of genres of books you don't hear about too often Yeah, when it comes to scripture. Yeah, and I feel like we've kind of done some genres that you don't hear about a lot, uh, and we've done some genres where you do hear about it a lot. Our Rules of the Road series was so obscure, I doubt anyone has done a message series called that before. But now we're in the Minor Prophets, and today we're going to look at Hosea, and Hosea is actually... A pretty bigger book for for it to be considered a minor prophet, uh, but we're going to look at a story that is right near the middle, Hosea, or near the end, I guess, Hosea chapter eleven, and we're going to read verses one through eleven, and it's a it's a story, uh, kind of like a poem almost about God's love for Israel. So, Jamie, do you want to go ahead yeah. and uh, and take a, a crack at reading this for us this morning? Yeah, we're going to read verses, uh, Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, the whole thing of Isaiah 11. Yeah. Perfect. All right, here we go. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the balls and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek, and I bent down to feed them. Will they not return to Egypt, and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? A sword will flash in their cities. It will devour their false prophets and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me, even though they call me God most high, I will by no means exalt them. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Adma? How can I make you like Zeboim? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One among you. I will not come against their cities. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. 
They will come from Egypt, trembling like sparrows from Assyria, fluttering like doves. I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God and to God who points out that he is not a man. He is the holy one among us. I like that line. <laughs> yes. So. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, this kind of um, this little passage comes up at a strange time in the whole uh, story of Hosea. You know, Hosea yeah. just finished kind of uh, accusing and and warning, lots of accusations, lots of warnings, and and then there's this like wonderful little poem about how much God loves His people, kind of using yeah. a lot of imagery. You know, God's uh, nations. Uh, are considered God's children. So very interesting. And um, the book of Hosea, when you go through it, uh, it keeps going back to this whole idea or this metaphor of of um, people being like a wife who isn't faithful to her husband. Um, and in Hosea <clears throat> is, is a person and his wife has this beautiful name of Gomer. Oh, oh. <laughs> Literally, Gomer is his wife's name. Okay. And she keeps running off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like crazy, right? And so Hosea keeps going back to her. And it's this whole kind of like <clears throat> a kind of a good word picture. So it's helpful for us to think because, you know, if you think about it, right, if you get married and you have a spouse, um, how much do you want them to be faithful to you? Yeah, like a hundred percent. Like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You're Completely. not like, well, you know, uh, like if, if they're faithful half the time, it's all good. Uh, that's not really what you're looking for. Right. You know, um, you want your spouse to be faithful all the time. Not, not perfect. Right. But, but at least faithful. Yeah. And when it comes to us and God, we usually are happy to say, oh yeah, we're pretty good with God. Like, you know, half the time or well, we'll do the right thing most of the time. Right. And, and God is kind of talking to the nation of Israel and telling them, wait, this is, this is more like this relationship, this covenant faithfulness that I want to have with you. And you guys are like cheaters basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's calling them out. And that's kind of the context of, of the book of Hosea and what's going on here. Um, and a lot of these minor prophets are all set around basically some bad stuff happening in in Israel. You know, Israel was united under King David and then uh, and under Solomon, and then it kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And people started doing their own things. And there's like Northern Kingdom, Southern Kingdom, and you had different people coming in and and raiding uh, raiding the kingdom, the Assyrians, the Babylonians. Uh, and you see some of that even in this poem, yeah, uh, yeah, where it talks it talks about people coming from afar, and, and Egypt was always you know always an issue too. You always had Egypt down to the south, and um, and so during this really tough time, these prophets would come in and they would call people to usually to some form of repentance, yeah. And so this is what uh, Hosea is doing: is calling God's people back to repentance. Yeah. So in in this uh, little passage here, 
Uh, if we kind of start taking apart one one verse or two verses at a time, we really see how God is at work uh, in our lives, even though we don't like understand it or realize it. So verses one and two, yeah. when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away. They sacrificed mm. to the balls and were burned incense and burned incense to images. So the closer and closer God tried to get, the more and more these people pushed away, the more and more they leaned away, started worshiping false idols. Uh, yeah. And it's crazy. There was a, a cat that I used to live with. Like a cat? I know you're thinking, what is he talking about? A cat, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I, I lived with this family. I was an intern at a church, and they're like, hey, uh, you know, come live with us. It's all great. Everything's good. They said, just be careful because we have this cat that's like super skittish. And will never want to, like, be seen with you. I lived there, I kid you not, I lived there for almost two weeks before I even saw the cat. It was, like, that good at hiding. Whoa. Uh, and so one day I saw the cat and I'm like, here, kitty, kitty. You know, like, trying to get the cat to come closer. Uh-huh. Um, but the more I looked at the cat or the more I saw the cat, the further away it went from me. <laughs> Like it just kept running away. The more I gave it attention, the further it ran. So, and sometimes kids are like that too. You know, if you've ever had to like watch little kids, um, maybe you've done some babysitting or something like that. Uh, there are some kids when you call them, they are not going to come to you. Right. Yeah. Uh, they'll do everything but come to you. Right. Um, and that's kind of the way we are, right? Yeah. The way we are with God, sometimes God will call us like, hey, come closer to me. And we're like, nah, 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 I got some other stuff I got to do. Yeah. And I feel like for me personally, in my life, the times where I have kind of said no to what God was calling me into have kind of been more out of fear than yeah. arrogance or saying like, I I know what's going on better than than you I sometimes get a little nervous about what God is calling me into. And it's like, I have to take a, a little extra time to reform that trust to actually go towards where God is calling me. Yeah. And you're right. It does take a, a ton of, of trust. Yeah. It takes uh, a lot of trust for us to be able to, um, you know, kind of look at the, the scope of things from God's sight too. Right. Cause it, they're talking about, you know, they're talking about decades. It's not minutes or it's not days. It's not weeks of time. This is decades and even hundreds of years of their history. Yeah. Uh, and you have to be faithful. I mean, to be faithful over the course of a week or two probably isn't that hard to be faithful over the course of uh, several hundred years where it's not just your faithfulness, it's your kid's faithfulness and your grandkids' faithfulness. That's uh, that's a harder thing to ask. Yeah. Exactly. It's incredibly difficult, but it's not impossible, right? There's generations yeah. of people that have had great faith. And I'm sure along those timelines, those same people have uh, had moments in their lives where they didn't have perfect faith, but you know, they still always turn back towards God. Uh, verse three and four it was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like the one who lifts a little child to the cheek 
and bent down to feed them. The imagery here is very cool. Uh, yeah. Teaching a little kid how to walk. Kind of picture like someone holding the arms, you know, <laughs> like waddling yeah. along, right? Uh, yeah. And it's it's kind of the story of kids growing up. You know, they learn mm. how to walk and then they think they're totally independent. Well, we learn a little bit about God's love and then feel like we're we're good to go. It's like, I know enough. I've, I've got enough. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking something up. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting into the Hebrew already because there's just so much going on here. Yeah. But uh, it, it is pretty incredible how God has treated us not not just like children like it'd be one thing for God to say you guys are going to be infants forever um and or if God was more like a coach who was like I'm going to train you up and you're gonna you know win the game and that's going to be how it is yeah God's more I mean the best analogy is God's like a father right so God is training us is loving us and is doing it in this, you know, relationship thing. Right. Which is pretty incredible. Um, you know, like, I, I just love the second part of verse four. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bent down to feed them. Yeah. Um, you know, God did bend down to feed his people on several occasions. And maybe one that they're thinking about is, is the manna from, from heaven in the story of Exodus where the people needed food and God literally fed them every day for 40 years. Um, they didn't even have to go gather any food. Uh, it was, it was done for them. Right. So God has so much grace and compassion on us. Uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Verses five through seven. Will they not return to Egypt and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? A sword will flash in their cities It will devour their false prophets and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me, even though I call, or excuse me, even though they call me God most high, I will by no means exalt them. Uh, (laughs) Kind of a strange turn here, (laughs) but kind of exciting at the same time. Kind of exciting, but you're right. It is, it is a bit of a strange turn from um you know holding holding someone up in love to flashes of swords in their city yeah (laughs) yeah it's and it's crazy uh god recognizing my people are determined to turn from me that's a Mm. that's pretty intense that's an intense statement and i guess you know if you're in if you're in god's shoes uh which we're not but uh, if we had God's perspective to see the human condition, it, it is pretty much like this. It's people running away from God, constantly running away from God. Yeah. Um, and God does something good, and that keeps them kind of you know, close for a certain time. And then, and then as humans, we, we start to decide and think that we know what's best or we know what's better or we're easily distracted by something that we think is better. Um, and being faithful to God is no longer fun. Uh, or it's no longer what we think is right. And so we go and run off after other things. Right. I feel like the line, even though they call me God most high, it's like the people that don't worship God anymore, but know that's the right thing to say almost. They have turned away, but they know 
they they know all all the paces to go or to do, but they don't actually uh, do any of it or accept it in their hearts. And I think that's pretty true when we look around at at folks who are following God. Uh, not all of the people who who follow God and do the right thing have the right words for that. You know, they may not know the right thing to say. However, some people who do know the right thing to say, who do claim Jesus and claim God, don't do the right things. Yeah. Uh, and their actions don't follow God. Right. So obviously the, the, the ideal is for us to have our actions uh, that bring glory to God and our words and our mouths that bring glory to God to match up. Yeah. Now this next section here, verse 8, I'm going to need you to say that because I don't know how to pronounce... Uh, some of those locations <laughs> or names. Well, yeah, and I don't, you know, it's one thing to pronounce something in the original language. Uh, and I would say, you know, Ephraim would be maybe one way of saying uh, of saying that if you were going to read it in, in Hebrew for the first word. But really, the way to pronounce it is however you want to oh. because <laughs> because we're reading it in English, right? right? I mean, this is translated, so it's the way we want to translate it. Um, <laughs> Ephraim, uh, Ephraim, Ephraim, uh, you know. But I think in um, in the Hebrew, it's it could be Ephraim would be like one way of saying it. So I don't know. You'd have to find someone who really knows their Hebrew pronunciations with the right accent to get it just right. Yeah. Well, basically, you know, verse eight says that God is deciding to not give up on all these nations, even though the people are determined to turn away, even though they are worshiping false gods, even though they know how to say everything, do all the right prayers. God is saying, my heart is changed within me. I'm not going to give up on them. All my compassion is aroused. And God totally could have, in verse 9, carry out fierce anger. But he says, I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim Ephraim again. For I am God, not a man, the Holy One among you. I will not come against their cities. Now, that is uh, a, a God that... I love to worship. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, uh, that is comforting. Uh, doesn't give anyone permission to go and act out or go and worship false gods or turn away from God. But knowing that if we make a mistake, it's not game over. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, R- right. we can, we can go and confess our sins, confess how we've been done wrong. And, uh, trust that God is going to have a, a changed heart towards us. And so we look at this this passage and we look at some of these uh, names, like Adma is a great one. I looked that up because so I'm like, I don't remember Adma. That's like a weird a weird name of a, of a place, I guess. Uh, and apparently it's a city that was, according to the Bible, destroyed completely. Oh. It's not there anymore. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Um, so when God is saying, how can I treat you like Adma? How can I make you like, you know, this other city? Um, it comes down to like, God is not going to totally wipe us out. Yeah. Right. Um, and that was the promise of, uh, 
of the covenant with Noah. God, you know, God said with the rainbow and everything, like, I'm not going to take you out completely ever again. Like, I'm not going to just destroy it all. Um, but the cool part about this is, you know, if, if God wasn't God, if God was a person and people were not faithful uh, and God had more, you know, qualities of us, God would just take us out, start over again, right? Um, but God's different. God is God. God is the Holy One. Um, and it's not just that God's the Holy One. God is the Holy One, um, the, you know, the respected one, the awesome one, the singled out one, the consecrated one, who is, uh, who's with us. Right. Who's among us. Yeah. And, and he is going to have this, this grace and this mercy on us. And yes. that's, that's cool, man. That's, that's the, the joy in this passage. Yeah. And to just wrap it up, verses 10 and 11, they will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will come trembling from the West. They will come from Egypt, trembling like sparrows from Assyria, fluttering like doves. I'll settle in their homes. Oh, excuse me. I'll settle in their homes, declares the Lord. Yeah. And not only, yeah, he's going to, he's going to pull them back and he's going to settle them in their homes, which is a pretty cool deal, right? He's going to give them the idea of being settled or being safe in homes. You know, God isn't just going to do this in a spiritual sense. It's going to actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. In a physical sense too, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in to uh, this little passage here out of the Minor Prophet Hosea. We hope you enjoy listening and you will hear from us again on Sunday. Yeah. And don't be like Gomer. <laughs> don't don't be like Gomer. That's right. Don't be a Gomer. If you didn't hear anything else this whole time, just <laughs> hear this. Don't be like Gomer. Okay, bye. Amen. <laughs> bye, everyone.